Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of November 21st, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And it was a fairly benign week in terms of the economic data that we had and just in terms of market action. Of course, the prior week was quite a roller coaster with some significant rallies on the back of some economic data that the market really liked. But when you look at what the market was telling us this week, it was sort of wait and see, I think, heading into the end of the year. And because the data that we saw was somewhat mixed, at least on the housing front. We saw some positive or better than expected housing data. We saw some that was worse than expected, very much in aggregate showing a contraction, whether that's in terms of mortgage originations, whether that's in terms of the overall shape of the housing market in key markets in the United States. Certainly, the increasing mortgage rates in the United States are having a profound effect on the housing market. Now, whether or not that persists remains to be seen, but We are seeing other economic data points that are showing what at the very least is contracting economic data, which isn't a surprise to anyone listening here. I mean, we saw at the end of the week, leading economic indicators were worse than expected. Once again, we're in this good news, bad news, bad news, good news market where in theory, leading economic indicators being worse than expected should be at the very least, giving the Fed pause as it relates to their policy and their aggressive actions with Fed funds, which in theory is good for the market. But of course, the Federal Reserve has given no indication that they're going to soften their stance or their policy anytime soon. We've seen a myriad of indicators show economic contraction, whether it's those leading economic indicators that I mentioned or the shape of the yield curve. I mean, two and 10, three and 10, all of these various segments of the yield curve have been inverted, remain inverted. And at least historically, that's been an indication that we're on the precipice or at the very least anticipating a recession sometime soon. Then again, we saw retail sales were better than expected this week. So you throw up your hands and wonder to yourself, well, can I read too much into this? And the market didn't seem to read too much into it because the S&P 500 was basically flat for the week, down 70 basis points, year to date now down just shy of 17%. We didn't see any outsized moves in any sectors. In fact, the worst performing sector was consumer discretionary, down 2.83%, energy down 1.7%. We did see a sell-off in crude oil prices this week, which was putting pressure on energy companies. But given the significant sell-off we saw in energy prices, specifically crude oil, perhaps we would have anticipated a more meaningful correction in energy stocks, which we didn't see. Financials down 1.42%, technology down 80 basis points, and then communication services down around 100 basis points. So a fairly muted week in terms of moves. The three sectors that were up for the week were the three that you would expect in a week when the market's down. That's utilities up 1.13%, XLV or healthcare up just shy of 1%. And then best performing sector on the week was 
consumer staples up one and a half plus percent. So again, a, a week where we didn't have a ton of market moving economic headlines like we did the prior week and in prior weeks, but it is a week where we did see some significant activity in terms of flows. We had 17 and a half million shares created across the lineup in total over the trailing one week. And 14 million of that was in XLF alone, which is roughly $500 million in that creation activity in financials. So a sector, again, that we've talked about time and time again in terms of these massive swings we see from creation activity to redemption activity, and the numbers get so big because it is such a interesting segment of the market that's used by so many types of investors, institutional, retail, advisory, and everything in between. And when we see this type of momentum and creation activity, it tends to, at the very least, portend to some durable activity at the fund level. We saw 3 million in net creations in XLP and XLK, so staples and technology, and then 3 million redeemed in XLU and XLC. So not a lot in, in terms of clear defensive or cyclical bias in terms of the creation activity or redemption activity we saw this week, but we did see net creations and we have seen uh, a net creation bias in some key sectors over the past couple weeks, which certainly bears watching as we go forward. And then, you know, on a volume basis, we didn't see a ton of activity, 665 million or so shares traded across the select sector spider lineup, which is below what we've seen recently and perhaps indicative of folks starting to position themselves for the holiday season, which of course is upon us. And I think it's a good excuse instead of having a sector in focus this week to talk about the upcoming gigs changes in 2023 because the gigs framework the one which determines which companies belong to which sub industries which sub industries belong to which industries which industries belong to which sectors is a living breathing thing it's dynamic and for those of you who have used sectors for a long time you'll know that we've gone through significant gigs changes in recent years, over the course of the past decade, we saw real estate elevated to a gig sector from an industry within the financial services sector. We saw a couple years ago massive changes to the what was once the telecom sector and is now the communication services sector. And the changes here in 2023 are a little bit more benign relative to what we saw recently, but they're noteworthy because they speak to the fact that sectors and GICs or the global industry classification system, which governs the most popular suite of sector investments is at all times trying to accurately reflect the nature of our economy and the various segments of our economy. And the way they go about doing that is being in touch with investors of all types surveying them, getting their feedback on what the GICS framework is doing well and what it's not doing well. And as we go into 2023, one of the things we're going to see is a pretty significant change to the treatment of companies that are effectively in the payments segment, companies like PayPal and Visa, companies that at least previously were in the technology sector and are moving to the financial services sector, companies that were in the technology sector going to the industrial sector like ADP and paychecks. And finally, companies that are in the consumer discretionary sector currently going to the consumer staple sector, the biggest being Target. 
And the reason I think this is noteworthy is because one of the foundational concepts that we talk about when talking to advisors and clients about sectors is that they're intuitive. They reflect our own interactions with the economy, how we spend, how we purchase, the decisions we make in terms of services, in terms of products, and they align with broadly how we think about companies. Someone asks you what an energy company is, you might say Exxon or Chevron. Someone asks you what a technology company is, you might say Amazon, but you know that wouldn't necessarily align with the GIGS framework. So that sort of breaks my point here. But the, the broader point is that companies are grouped together based on how they make their money. And that ultimately means that the companies in sectors tend to have strong relationships with each other in terms of their economic exposures. And companies tend to, at the very least, have very different economic exposures depending on the nature of those sectors. Utilities, for example, tends to be very different than technology. No shock there. Again, this isn't designed to be something that is super sophisticated. It's something that's designed to be intuitive, which from an investment perspective gets back to some of the old adages. One of the most famous portfolio managers of all time at Fidelity, Peter Lynch, used to say, know what you own and why you own it. Well, here we are using sectors to affect our economic views, our market perspectives, and ultimately try and achieve our financial objectives. And when you're using sectors, what you know is that the GICS framework is designed to ensure that the companies that are in sectors are grouped together in an intuitive way, but also in an appropriate way. And that's not work that just is done at any point in time. The market, as we all know, the economy, as we all know, is a living, breathing thing. And companies evolve, the nature of industries evolve, and the nature of how industries react with the economy continue to evolve. And so as we move into 2023, it's important to note that we've got some GIX changes coming up. It'll cause some of these portfolios to change, but ultimately it's not one of these massive GIGS changes like we've seen over the course of the past decade or so, but it is worth noting and thinking about as we enter 2023 and you start to set your expectations, your capital market assumptions, and ultimately your portfolios for those expectations into 2023. So looking ahead, it's a fairly light week. We've got light economic data on the short week durable goods, manufacturing and services PMIs, new home sales. We'll also get Fed minutes, but by and large, none of those big headline grabbing economic data points that we've seen in recent weeks. And again, after we come out of the holiday and enter the, the final month and a half of the year, we will see some of those significant data points, which will inevitably have a big influence on the market. And of course, on those capital markets expectations that folks have for 2023. Same is true on earnings, very, very light. We've got HP, we've got Deer, we've got Nordstrom. We also have Jack in the Box. Shout out to my high school self. We used to go to Jack in the Box quite a bit. Two tacos for 99 cents, for those of you who remember it. But anyways, a fairly light week. But the important thing is that it's Thanksgiving week. And for those of you who celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you all have a wonderful time spending that time eating good food with friends and family, wherever you are. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. My name, once again, is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. This has been the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast. 
for November 21st, 2022. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you next time. Take care.